your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, April 19th, 2021. Your boy Q here, and we are only 10 days away from the beginning of the NFL draft. That's right, April 29th, it goes down in Cleveland, Ohio. Very excited about that. Again, 10 days away from the NFL draft. So uh, buckle up. We're going to go hot and heavy uh, with the NFL draft coming up on the next few shows uh, throughout the weeks leading up. I say weeks. It's not even weeks. 10 days, like I said, leading up to the NFL draft. We'll have a lot of draft conversation here on the show. Got a lot to get to on today's show. As a matter of fact, before I tell you about it, though, I want to let you know today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. And of course, I'll tell you more about that coming up a little bit later on in today's show. But coming up on the show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Got a lot of different subjects to go over. Talking about the draft, talking about my conversation with Marquette King on Friday, talking about just the Raiders in general. There's a lot of different things to get to, a lot of different angles to cover uh, in segment number three. A lot of calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And unfortunately, I am not misplaced, but it's like my computer went down over the weekend and uh, some of the calls that I had left over from Friday's show that I was going to put on today's show, I lost. So if you don't hear your call, it's not because I ignored it. It's just because it got lost in the shuffle. So I apologize for that. I was able to find a couple of them, but uh, the rest of them, they're just kind of lost in the shuffle. So, I mean, it is what it is. It happens. And so uh, we'll just move forward. So coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Segment number two, I'm going to give my overall thoughts on the Marquette King situation, uh, the conversation that I had with him Friday, uh, the feedback that I received, good, bad, and ugly, and believe me, I got some of all. (laughs) And I'm going to just kind of further give my, not explanation, but I'm going to give my thoughts on it and my thoughts on his situation and where he's at right now as a guy that's looking for a job in the NFL and does not have a job in the NFL. I'll give my thoughts and and share my final thoughts on this situation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, kind of give you the news and the notes that was collected over the weekend. So let's go ahead and just jump right into that. So as we all know, on Thursday, the Raiders released Arden Key and Mo Hurst, and a lot of people, a lot of Raider fans were upset about that, especially with the Mo Hurst. Arden Key, I think a lot of Raider fans kind of understood and was like, yeah, okay, cool, no problem. But Mo Hurst, I think a lot of Raider fans had a lot of hope for. He gets released as well. Well, on Friday, they cleared waivers. No team picked them up, so they cleared waivers, so now they're free to sign with any team across the league that decides that they want to sign them and bring them to camp. And look, somebody's going to sign both those guys. They're not going to go without a team. You know, they're not going to go uh, or miss training camp or anything. Somebody's going to sign them for nothing else for depth purposes you know and and Arden Key I mean both these guys they're still young guys Arden Key I know he put out a message on Instagram and Twitter or whatever and basically was letting it be known that he was happy that he was on his way out and that he was going to show his next team who he could really be and you know I mean just the the same old song and dance as far as you know players that leave and 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 say hey I needed that now I'm going to get my mind focused and look Good luck to him. Hopefully he's able to find a good location and hopefully he's able to find a, a situation that works really well for him and then he can go about his business and continue his career. I don't root against anybody. I'll tell you that right now. I don't root for anybody to fail because I know getting to the NFL is is a difficult task. Staying in the NFL is even tougher. So I don't root against none of these guys. I just don't think that the Raiders, their coaching staff, thought that Arden Key or Mo Hurst were guys that they needed to move forward with. And you kind of saw the writing on the wall when they brought in and signed so many guys in free agency. One 
one-year, two-year deals on that defensive line. You kind of realize that, hey, that room is getting crowded, and there's not going to be a lot of room for guys that are already currently there. If they felt like they had the guys that they could move forward with, they wouldn't have had to bring in so many guys. Clearly, they didn't, but lots of Raider fans upset, especially about Moe Hurst, thinking that he's going to go somewhere and just kill it, and maybe he will. Just like I said about Arden Key, I hope for the best for him, but I just don't think that he performed at the level that they wanted. And some folks say, hey, you know, he didn't get in enough reps in. He wasn't in the game enough. Well, there's reasons for that. That's not always on the coaching staff pulling him out. Maybe that was on his conditioning as well. Maybe he wasn't in shape enough to get out there and have as many reps. Maybe he could only take two reps instead of five. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different situations that we don't know. We're not there in the in the room. We're not in the in the coaching, uh, you know, facility and all that. We're not in the, in the training facility. We don't know exactly why he didn't get as many reps as a lot of Raider Nation thinks he should have. We just know that he didn't. So either way you look at it, hopefully he finds a location as well that they can get the most out of his talent and he can go on and have a nice career. But either way, they both cleared waivers and now are free to sign with any team that chooses to sign them. I wanted to bring some sound to the show that I got from NFL Network, Path to the Draft, Charles Davis, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah. They were doing the first four picks for the Raiders. They're just basically going through every single team and doing this, but uh, I wanted to bring what they, who they picked for the first four picks. Obviously, the Raiders have four picks in the first three rounds because they have picks 79 and 80, which are both in the third round. So pick 17, 48, 79, and 80. Charles Davis, Bucky Brooks, and Daniel Jeremiah, they make those first four picks, and this is from the NFL Network. I'll give my thoughts after you hear who they selected for the Raiders in the first four picks. So let's put our pal Mike Mayock and John Gruden on the clock now with DJ Bucky and CD. Charles, who do you see the Raiders calling at pick number 17? I'm going to actually go in the back end of the defense. Trayvon Merrick, safety TCU, and I realize edge rusher is in need, linebacker is in need, look anywhere on defense. But now that Gus Bradley is going to run this defense, he can recreate what he did in Seattle, right? (laughs) With Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and allow Jonathan Abram to play what is his natural position more of a strong safety and let Merrick be more of a free safety roamer who can erase mistakes. Okay, Bucky, let's get into the second round then. Raiders on the clock, pick number 48. Who's the player there? Well, if you're going to talk about the Raiders, it always has to be about speed and athleticism. How about Chaz Surratt from North Carolina? When I look at Surratt, a former quarterback turned linebacker who has speed, instincts, and awareness. This is a guy that's still learning the position. But in Gus Bradley's defense, where athleticism is coveted at a premium, man, Surratt would be a fantastic player at the second level. More explosiveness, more dynamic playmaking ability he would add to that unit. And Surratt, by the way, also a nationally rated chess player. Learn more about him in our Back to Campus series on NFL.com. Really talented kid right there. All right, DJ, you're up with a pair of third-round picks uh, consecutively here for the Raiders, starting with pick number 79, which they got from the Arizona Cardinals in the Rodney Hudson trade. Who do you like? Well, I get to Sir Mix-a-Lot double up right here. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Brady Christensen from BYU. Uh, Coming off a huge pro day there at BYU. Very athletic. He likes to jump guys in pass pro. You'll see him just get right on people when it is over. And he's got a little nasty to him to finish as well. So they get him at 79. They turn around and turn in the next card here for Kendrick Green along the interior of the offensive line. They get that need uh, with a little depth here with Kendrick Green at Illinois. Played some guard, played some center. I actually like him best at center. Uh, This dude getting up to the second level, he takes outstanding angles, and you see how quick and athletic he is. 
to get up there and cut off linebackers. So a couple offensive linemen here for our buddy Mike Mayock and John Gruden. So there you go. That was Charles Davis, Bucky Brooks, and Daniel Jeremiah, all from the NFL Network on Path to the Draft, giving the first four selections for the Raiders. Charles Davis went at number 17, picked Trayvon Merrick, safety out of TCU. Okay, I'm okay with that one. That was, I'll say, I don't know if that was a great pick, but it was a, a good pick. It was a decent pick. I could see that actually having a possibility of being real. So Charles Davis gets a pass. At 48, Bucky Brooks, who everyone knows I'm not a Bucky Brooks guy who's been listening to the show long enough. I'm just, I don't know, something about Bucky Brooks. I'm just not that guy. He picked Chaz Surratt, linebacker out of North Carolina, who hasn't even been a linebacker that long, was a quarterback before. That's a project guy. He has the Raiders taken at number 48. Chaz Surratt is expected to go in the top 100, not the top 50. He's supposed to be a top 100 guy, and Bucky Brooks says he's going to go number 48 to the Raiders, which doesn't make any sense to me. You got as much talent as in this draft, and you go with the project guy at number 48, doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, if you're going to go safety at 17, you've got to go offensive tackle, in my opinion, at 48. 79, Daniel Jeremiah. Matter of fact, he doubled up. He went 79 and 80. Brady Christensen, offensive tackle out of BYU. This guy is projected to be a fifth-round pick, not a third-round pick. He had him going in the third round to the Raiders when he's not even projected to go off the board till the fifth round. And then he uh, came back with a guard, Kendrick Green, the guard from Illinois, who actually is expected to go in the third round. But, man, I'm telling you, I, I just look at some of these, and I know I went over I know I know went over a, a couple drafts the other day or last week, and, I mean, I just kind of look at some of these picks that they have for the Raiders, and I don't really know why everyone is all over the place. Maybe that's what they feel like the Raiders are going to do, just go out there and kind of just reach. And, well, I mean, I guess with some of the history that the Raiders have, I guess you can't really say that they don't do that. But Chaz Surratt at 48, terrible pick. Christensen at 79, definitely don't like that pick. Kendrick Green, okay, but really? <laughs> I just, I don't, I didn't get it at all. Did not understand why those are the four picks. Trayvon Merrick is really the only one that I was satisfied with out of all four of those picks. So uh, Raiders, no thank you when it comes to those guys' picks. Please do not follow that model because that was not good. And as a matter of fact, if you want to catch up on all things NFL Draft, the Locked On NFL podcast, the whole network has some really, really good things going on. Uh, you can get caught up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, which actually debuts today. Uh, the first couple picks are going to be rolled out today. Uh, that's the one where I made my pick at 17, and I went with Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. Just kind of, I've already let that cat out of the bag anyway, but uh, that one's presented by Odyssey. You could definitely check that one out. Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dude podcast for the latest draft news as well. So please believe here on the network, we got the NFL Draft covered like a glove. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes collected over the weekend. Coming up in segment number two, just my thoughts on the Marquette King situation, my takeaways from Friday, well, the feedback that I received from Friday's show. And uh, like I said, some good, some bad, some ugly. It's all good. All feedbacks, great feedback. But we'll talk about it coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And the first one is... 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or a simple... Or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that was a surprise and delight. And fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt 
for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for too long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. Anyone who likes to get their gamble on, betonline.ag is the place for you. They're your online sportsbook experts. Every single sport over the weekend, UFC went down, baseball went down, there was uh, NBA action going on. There's all kind of action that you could be a part of. BetOnline.ag has got you covered. Hockey, if that's your bag, BetOnline.ag, yeah, they've got you covered. You open up a free account today, use uh, promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit, you'll get a you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So what that means is if you put $200 in, you'll get $100 on top of that to play with. The more that you actually put in, the more you'll get for your 50% welcome bonus. But you got to use the promo code locked on. Do not forget that promo code or you won't get that 50% welcome bonus. So why would you not want to do that? Play with someone else's money, right? That's the best way to do it. BetOnline.ag. If you're looking for them on social media, it's at BetOnline underscore AG. And you can take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. One more time for the folks in the back row. BetOnline.ag. Segment number two. It's coming up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of wanted to give my final thoughts on the Marquette King situation, former Raiders punter. I had a conversation with him last week, and I played that interview on Friday's show, and it wasn't normally, it wasn't like a normal interview that I do. Normally, the interviews I do, I have the questions really planned out and, you know, thought out and everything, and just kind of have a direction that I want to go, like a sequence that I want to go, but it just happened so quickly, and it was so kind of out of nowhere that it was more like just a conversation that you'd have at a bar, just kind of scatter shooting back and forth. The dude walks into the bar, sits down next to you, you look up and you're like, oh, what's up? It's Marquette King. Let me go ahead and chop it up with him. That's really how I kind of felt that that conversation was. And let me put it like this, man. First of all, first and foremost, I by no means am out here campaigning for him to get a job. That is not my job. I'm also not here to sit here and condemn him and, and shoot him down and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And you did this and you did that. All I was there to do, Raider Nation, was to hear what he had to say. That's what it was. I wanted to hear what was on his mind, what was going through his head, and just where he felt like he was at. It was really just a fact-finding situation from him. And that's kind of what I think that would happen if he sat down with the NFL team. I think that they would just see where he's at, throw some scenarios at him, and let him just go ahead and respond. And that's basically what I did. I think everyone knows that he made a lot of immature mistakes when he was either with the Raiders, when he was with the Broncos, when he was in between the Raiders, in the Broncos so many situations and a lot of people pointed it out and look I'm not mad you can hit me with any kind of feedback you want there uh, there is one exception that I'll make I don't like when someone hits me up and labels me something I will say that that's the one thing that I'm gonna say I'm gonna get a little pushback and say hold on hold on you don't know me like that so don't label me and think that you're assuming something if you have a question for me that's fine but being labeled is not my bag that's not what I like but either way uh, outside of that everything is all good so I just wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit because this is this is the scenario. Like a lot of people hit me up and was like, Q, you don't remember all the antics that he had? You don't remember the penalties that he got? Yeah, I do. I remember a young, immature dude that was in a situation of all of a sudden going from being on the practice squad and being stashed by Reggie McKenzie and company to all of a sudden being one of the highest paid punters in the league at a very young age for a guy who really is not even into football, not even into sports like that. I mean, he has said it himself. He doesn't even really be watching football like that. He just happened to fall and stumble into a really good situation and he became popular. He became 
Uh, I mean, he really did. He became a fan favorite, even though a lot of fans, have, you know, turned on him. And look, I get it. Hey, you know, punters aren't supposed to be getting no penalties. I get that. No doubt about it. You've got to show some discipline. But he didn't. Those are a lot of the mistakes he made. And I'm sure when John Gruden saw that, he knew immediately that, hey, this dude's not going to be on my team because I, I can't stand that. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with John Gruden saying, hey, we're going to move on from this dude. We're not going to have him there. Uh, I will say that his little appearance that he had on NFL Network when when they asked him about, you know, his head coach, and he said, hey, I've, I've never seen him. I only know him from, you know, the guy on TV. That's not that's not a, a, a dig at him. That's not a that's not a shot at him. I mean, that's just reality. He didn't know who he was. Now, did he talk trash about Gruden and make videos about Gruden on that after after he was released? Yeah, absolutely. How many of us? I just want to know the question. How many of us as younger, immature people after getting fired from a job or leaving a job doesn't talk about their former employer? I'll wait. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously, sometimes, Rare Nation, I just think that you should put yourself in those those positions. And I know that we can't do it because we're not millionaires. We're not getting paid like that. But I'll tell you for myself, in 2008, I was working at a radio station in Monterey, California, and it was not ran very well. Uh, it was a, pretty much a joke of a radio station. It was right there in, uh, like I said, it was in Monterey. It was, uh, what, Jammin 97.9 was the name of it. And I was the assistant program director, you know, so I was like the big man on campus. I'm the guy who came to save the day. But it was micromanaged by a guy that was out of town. He was in Fresno, and I was there in Monterey. It just wasn't ran very well. It wasn't. And so I just basically said, hey, man, this is not a good scenario. If you're not going to fix this, I'm out. And, well, they didn't fix it, so I bailed. I quit because, well, I'm a hotshot young dude coming up in the game, and I got so much talent that if I quit, someone's going to hire me quick, fast, and in a hurry, right? Yeah, well, that's when you get humbled. You know, and, and, I, and I needed to be humbled because I thought that my talent was actually so large and so high that someone's going to swoop me up and give me a job immediately. Someone's, they're banging down, they're going to bang down the door for me. And well, it didn't happen. You know, it didn't. I ended up getting very humbled and I was out of, out of work for, you know, a couple months. And then uh, I had to go and start stocking a, stocking a FedEx truck overnight. And that wasn't for a whole lot of money. I, I ended up living in like a little one bedroom room for a while. That was terrible. The place had roaches. It was in the hood. It was awful, you know, but I, I got humbled. Then all of a sudden I got another opportunity to work at a radio station and I took full advantage of it. Then I got a chance to move to Texas and, and get another opportunity at a radio station. I took full advantage of it, but I literally was humbled for like two years, about almost two years where I wasn't doing what I love doing because, you know, my thoughts of my talent and the industry's thoughts of my talents. And if it's worth it, the headache was worth it. It wasn't. So they say, well, we're just going to go ahead and let him sit on the beach and do something else. So luckily I was given another chance. Everyone's not. But I say that and I tell you that story because I feel like so many people were coming after him. It was like, oh, he's so immature. And oh, he's supposed to be doing this. And he's supposed to be doing that. He was an immature dude. And it's not up to us to judge if he's going to get another opportunity. He may never get another opportunity in the league. I was one of the lucky ones where I got another opportunity to do something that I love. Everybody doesn't get that chance. Sometimes you, you have one chance, you blow it, and it's a wrap. I'm just saying for the way that folks were firing off on him, it was almost like you have done no wrong ever. And you've never talked bad about your employer. Or you've never, especially after getting let go. Hell, I talk bad about my employer now and I still work there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they just moved me from ESPN Central Texas to Fox Sports Central Texas, and anyone who knows me knows I'm not happy about that and that whole situation. I had to stop doing Raider Nation Radio 920. I mean, there's a lot of things that happened, and I'm not happy about it, and I, I, I fire shots at them all the time, and I still work for them. So it's, I mean, you know, we all have our moments. I just think that so many, the, the mass majority of people were firing up on him so bad. Like, he did something terrible. If you look across the landscape of the NFL, how many guys have gotten in legal trouble and are out there playing. 
How many guys have committed domestic violence or got multiple DUIs and got suspended for this, that, and the other, got busted for PEDs multiple times? I mean, what has this dude done besides talk trash about John Gruden after Gruden got rid of him? You know, so what? He cruised by the facility in, in Oakland. Hell, there's fans that cruise by the facility in Oakland and talk trash to the Raiders when they were still there. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't understand why everyone's just, like, he did something so bad. He didn't do anything that bad. I mean, he was just an immature dude. And again, that may cost him his career. And he may just have to come to that, uh, you know, that understanding that, hey, my career is done. And that's just what happens. And lesson learned. And maybe he'll go on and teach some young kids that, hey, man, you know, you've got to take advantage of your one opportunity. I'm just saying for all those that are just really trying to bag on him, like just take a look at yourself, do some self-reflecting, do some self-reflecting and tell me that you never in your life had immature moment where you might've thought you were a little bit more talented and you can get away with a little bit more because of, you know, who you are or what you're able to do. It doesn't matter what job you do. How many of us have felt like we're bigger than the boss and we're better than the boss and we know more. And without me, man, this company's going down. I think we've all said that. We've all said that, haven't we? If not, then maybe it's just me. Because I know damn well. Hell, I think that now about my boss. (laughs) I do. I just know now that the situation is different. I know how to maintain it where I'm not going to lose what I'm doing. I'm not going to lose my my job until I'm ready to lose my job. I won't get fired. I'll move on. That's that's what I'll do because I'll I'll make sure that I continue to get paid because please believe not getting paid is not cool at all. And I'm sure that Marquette's feeling that right now as well. You know, like he said, he had an opportunity to go to the CFL. Maybe he's going to have to do that. Maybe he's just going to have to go and do something completely different. Maybe he's just going to stick to his music. I don't know. I just think that we're so quick to, to judge some of these guys and, and just bring the hammer down on them. Like, they are so such a bad apple. Like, he had fun. He did. He had fun. He talked trash. He did his thing. Was it annoying him getting a penalty? Absolutely. He should never, a punter should never get penalties. I agree with you 100%. You got to show some kind of discipline. He didn't, and he was allowed to get away with that. I mean, think about this. The regime that, that brought him in allowed him to do that. They never said, they never tried to pull the reins back and say, hey, man, you can't be doing that. They let him basically get away with that. And so they got mad at multiple penalties. Then, hey, then it's a different ball game. So, uh, again, look, I'm not saying that the NFL owes him anything. They don't because it's hard to get to the league, and it's even harder to stay there. It's a, it's a privilege to get there. It's not a right. But at the same time, man, I just don't think that we should be so quick to pass judgment on, you know, who deserves a second chance and who doesn't. You know, I'm all for guys getting second, third, fourth chances, whether it's with my team or not. I don't care if he goes and plays for the the Chiefs. I don't care if he goes and plays for the the Chargers. I, I wouldn't care who he went and played for if he just got another opportunity. That's great. You know, hey, I'm all for these guys making as much money as they can and enjoying it as long as they can because it doesn't last for long. We all know the NFL stands for not for long. So, I mean, I, look, there's a lot of folks that, that you know, have very valid reasons on why you're not a fan. And I'm not telling you to be a fan of the guy at all. I'd never tell you that. I'm just saying I don't think what he's done and what he did in the past was so bad that he has to warrant like he's just exiled from the NFL. Now, if the league decides, the rest of the teams in the league decide they don't want to give him a shot, he's, worth, he's not worth the trouble, fine. That's, that's, that's up to them. Maybe, you know, maybe he wants more money than they're willing to give him. Who knows? That's for him to decide. That's for him to humble himself and do it. I thought him just, uh, you know, sharing his side of the story was cool. I thought it was really, really cool, and, and I'm not mad at him. People get humbled, and people do change for the better. Uh, I don't know if that's the situation with King, but you never know. You never know until, well, you see, and, and we'll all see how it shakes out. So that's all I really got. That was my final really word on it. Again, not trying to pound the table, not trying to change your opinion on it, just trying to give 
my side of things and, and, and what I see and what I hear from a young man that seems like he wants to get back into the league. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a really, really good taste of protein bar that I've been telling you about for a very long time, and that is Built Bar. So many flavors to choose from. I could go on for a minute and a half telling you just all the different flavors that they have. Some of my favorites, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, peanut butter, double chocolate, salted caramel. That's a really good one as well. But they've got so many to choose from. You just got to go check it out at BuiltBar.com and just look to see which ones you like the best. Uh, If you don't remember, all the bars are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious man or woman. You can lose or maintain weight while you're enjoying a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're all great for the keto diet. Just go ahead and check them out today, BuiltBar.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. 15% off your order if you use the promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Up first is Nico in North Jersey. He's calling to give his two cents on if the roster's gotten better or it's gotten worse since the end of last season. Here he is, Nico in North Jersey. Yo, Q, Raider Nation. It's your boy Nico from North Jersey. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, did this roster get better or worse or stay the same uh, from last year? And I don't know if I'm, again, optimistic or uh, whatnot, but I mean, a lot of you guys saying it's either the same or worse. Um, I don't want to say you guys, but, like, I'm seeing on Twitter and whatnot. I give my, I give my rundown right here, okay? I'm going to go through all the position groups. Quarterback, obviously, they stay the same. We have the same three guys. Running back. It's a solid upgrade, uh, just with the addition of Kenyon Drake. Tight end. I'm going to say it's an upgrade, and hear me out. Witten's gone, which means more Foster Moreau. I think that's an upgrade, and you guys can all agree. Wide receiver, I'm going to say it's a slight upgrade. With the addition of John Brown and Willie Sneed, and we only lost Aguilar. Um, but you guys weren't too keen of Aguilar coming in last year, so between John Brown and Willie Sneed, I think at least one of them could do what he did. Um, O-line, obviously, is the decline. Um, now flipping over to the defense. Edge, uh, obvious upgrade. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe addition uh, proves that. Defensive lineman, uh, obvious upgrade. In my book, we got Quentin Jefferson, Darius Pylon, and Solomon Thomas. Um, all upgrades. Linebackers, stay the same. We have the same three guys. Cornerbacks, I'm going to say it stays the same. Uh, the, the loss of Joyner, I don't think he was all that in the back of ship, so... I don't think we lost much there. Um, safeties, I'm going to say it's an upgrade. Bringing back Carl Joseph, that gives us some versatility and uh, can, can start him if you want right now um, with Abrams. Special teams also stay the same. Um, and I say all that with we're getting a whole nother year for the young guys. You know, Ruggs and Edwards, they should make a jump. Farrell and Crosby, they should make a jump. Mullen, Arnett, and Abrams, they should all make jumps. Um, that's what That's what, you know. In my book, you get another another year, you know, they're all young, so they should all improve. Um, and, and again, all of this with the draft yet to come, which is going to be upgrades at whatever positions we do. So I think you should rethink, uh, you know, the roster. I think it got better. Um, the only visible decline position was the line. And we all know that, 
You know, Incognito played a game and a half, two games last year. You know, Trent Brown, we know that debacle last year. So, you know, that's the only decline I see in this roster. Every, every other position group either upgraded in the offseason so far or stayed the same. I'd love to know what you guys think, um, but I think that we got better in a lot of different areas with another year for the young guys and the draft yet to come. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. There he goes, Nico in North Jersey. And look, I definitely don't think the roster's gotten worse. I think they're a very talented team. Nice rotation or competition made available for the defensive line. Uh, the O-line, of course, is going to be a challenge to piece it back together. I think we all see how they have it lined up. I think that the blueprint is there. Obviously, when they dip into the draft, they'll go get a right tackle or multiple pieces on that offensive line. And I'm sure the right tackle of the future is not on the team right now. But I do think there's plenty of talent on the team. You know, it's just it's up to the, the, the coaching staff to develop them and get them, take them to that next level and maximize the talent that's on the team. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from Weapon X. Says, Q, the more mock drafts I do, the less I want the Raiders to take a right tackle or a safety in the first round. There are quality players at both positions throughout rounds two and three, and I found myself wishing I waited on that position. I feel linebacker or edge is their best option at 17. Linebacker, either Parsons or Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Just take which one is left. The only edge I would pick is Phillips. Here's my five-round mock with the Raiders taking Parsons over Jock. The draft just falls into place better. You got to do a mock, Hugh. The people want to know who you'd pick in rounds one through five. That's from my guy, Weapon X. And I'll go through it real quickly, given the pro football focus mock draft that uh, Weapon X did. 17, Micah Parsons. He got an A-minus for that. At 48, Walker Little, tackle out of Stanford, A-minus. 79, Tay Gowan, cornerback out of UCF, A-minus. 80, Ardarius Washington, safety out of TCU, A-. 121, Milton Williams, uh, defensive lineman, Louisiana Tech, A-. 162, Bobby Brown III, defensive lineman, Texas A&M, A-. 167, Cornell Powell, wide receiver, Clemson, you get it, an A-. So overall grade, an A-. And that's a hell of a draft right there. If the Raiders were to let that thing fall like that, that would be uh, outstanding. So uh, really good stuff right there, my man. And I may do one of the pro football focus mock drafts. I'm not too sure. You know I've already struggled just doing number 17 overall anyway. On one mock draft, I picked Christian Derisaw, uh, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, kick him over to the right side. And then on uh, another one that I did for Locked On, I ended up picking Micah Parsons because I had to. I started thinking. I got in my own brain and started thinking about that, uh, that Derisaw pick, and I should have been more aggressive, and I went with Parsons. So uh, that's, that's the only two that I've done, and that's just for the network. So anyway, uh, good stuff right there, man. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, I got a call, a short one from Raider Leo. He's calling about the Marquette King interview and giving his two cents on what he thinks happened with him and his career. Here he is, Raider Leo. Hey, Q. What's up, man? This is uh, Raider Leo calling about Marquette King. Listen, man, I think it's kind of obvious what happened to him. You don't remember of his highlights, putting the ball when playing Denver. And Brian Nepperon called to the sideline. That was that was badass. But guess what? Broncos didn't like that. So they hired him, ruined his career and whatnot. And with Chucky, did he do a video punching Chucky doll? I mean, Gruden doesn't like that either. So that's what I think what happened to him today there. There he goes. That's Raider Leo right there. And uh, yeah, man, I think Gruden, I, I totally get that situation. You know, I mean, after being released and then doing what he did. Yeah, I mean, that he totally burned that bridge. I get that. The rest of the league is what I question because I know that 
every team could use a really, really good punter, and, and he is that. And if he's willing to take, you know, a very small amount of money, you know, a, a lesser salary, then I can I can see someone giving him a shot. But uh, maybe not. Maybe it's just like, nope, no can do. Who knows? Either way, uh, I think it's fair that he's asking questions, and I think it's fair that, you know, he, he's hoping that he can get a tryout. You know, like you heard him in the interview. He either said, you know, before the draft, after the draft, before the season starts, he'd love to get at least a tryout with the team and be able to sit down and talk. I don't think that there's something wrong with that. So, uh, thank you for that call, Leo. I appreciate you. Next up is a text from Emerson in North Texas. He says, what's up, Q? This is Emerson from North Texas. Nice trick play on all your listeners this week. Been listening to you talk all week about how much you regret the safe pick on the Locked On Draft. Then today, I hear you picked the most controversial player in the first round, Micah Parsons. I pray you're right. As a player of his talent and ability, has no business still being available at number 17. That's from Emerson in North Texas. And it's funny, Emerson, I actually, I didn't play a trick on, on the listeners. What happened is on the Locked On, the ultimate Locked On NFL Draft that we did quite a while ago, I picked Christian Derisaw at number 17. That was my pick, and that actually rolls out today. That's going to start today. So you'll hear it at number 17. You'll hear me say Christian Derisaw. What I did the other day on the Locked On, I guess, draft guys uh, with Sykema and uh, and uh, I forget the other guy's name. I forgot. Anyway, either way you look at it, uh, I did that the other day. Derisaw was already taken, and I'm not too sure because it's the same network. I don't know why they would not make us make the same pick, but Derisaw was already off the board. So with everything I've been talking about, about being more aggressive, that's why I went with Micah Parsons instead of go ahead and sticking with Derisaw. I couldn't because he was already off the board. So I really didn't play a trick on anybody. It just, I didn't have the option to pick the guy that I, I picked originally. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to go back and correct them both. I was only able to do that one because that was spur of the moment at that time. So hopefully that helps clear it up. Thank you so much for your text. Next up, got a call from Sean from Salt Lake City calling to talk about the fact the Raiders are going to be skipping their volunteer workouts that actually start today. And he explains why he's upset about it. Here he is, Sean from Salt Lake City. Hey, Q. Hey, Raider Nation. Um, probably in the unpopular opinion and probably could also be in the wrong, too. Could be having a rough morning and just wanted to take it out on the Raiders. Uh, but just the news about them just skipping the, uh, the, voluntary work, the voluntary workouts and all that this morning kind of rubs me wrong. Um, I mean, the players were full of excuses. They were all about defending their play. Oh, this is Sean from Salt Lake City, if I didn't say that. But they're all about these, having these excuses or going after all the fans on Twitter for us calling them out and all this stuff. And I know Twitter's successful and all that stuff. I get it. But, I mean, if you guys are going to talk this talk, have all these excuses, and then not show up to practice. And I know you're saying because of the pandemic. People have their opinion about people lost by the I get that. But what about all those construction workers that worked extra overtime? Days, nights, weekends to get that pretty little stage of yours done on time in the middle of the worst part of the pandemic, huh? Did they get the opportunity? No. Oh, but you guys are saying it's because of a 17th game? You really, I know some of them are not going to get an extra game check. Darn, welcome to life on salary, bud. Like, welcome to real world, I guess. And then the other ones where they are going to get your check, those checks are bigger than what most of them make in a year. Um, I've never been one to sit here and talk about professional athletes like this. Um, and this is not a this is not a professional athlete thing. This is a strictly Las Vegas Raiders thing. I am I've been a fan my entire life. I am twenty eight years old and they suck for the better part of two decades. And you're gonna skip practice? I mean like yeah, let's get in solidarity with the other players, sure. Like play other players actually really care about the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean really I mean we get food on all the freaking time of the media. All the player, all the other, um, all the trash talk and all the shit we get for being Raiders fans. Like, I just, I don't know if I'm just being a baby or what, but that rubs me wrong that they're just not going to show up to practice. 
I'm glad that they're sitting there growing, playing pitch and catch right now at a park. But, I mean, like, that defense was god-awful. They've got to get their asses in the freaking lab. They've got to sit down. They've got to learn the playbook. And they've got to get on the same page with each other. And yet they're just going to just pass that up all because of being in solidarity, because we have to play a 17th game. Oh, man, dude, that sucks. What I would give to play another freaking down of a football game. There you go. Sean from Salt Lake City. As you can tell, he's not very happy, and I get it. I understand where you're coming from, and let it be known. I'm not saying that the pandemic's the reason they're not showing up. I think the main reason they're not showing up is because of what you said at the end, that 17th game. I don't think it has to do with the pandemic at all. I think it's just an excuse by the NFLPA to, you know, kind of object and push back on that 17th game, even though uh, it was something that's, well, was voted on in the CBA that only half of the players in, in the league actually showed up and voted on. So, again, that, that kind of goes back on them. I think it's more of a chess match between the NFLPA and the NFL ownership. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much work they're going to get done. I think the biggest disappointment or the biggest part that is going to hurt them the most is the fact that Gus Bradley's putting in this new defense and they're not going to be there to get the early stages of it. But I think because they were able to do so much virtually last year that they're going to lean on that and say, well, we were able to get so much done last year that, uh, you know, we don't have to show up for these workouts. We can just go ahead and do it by way of uh, Zoom calls and virtually and all that other stuff. And again, it's voluntary. So I'm not going to get up in arms and get totally pissed off at the team not doing voluntary workouts. Uh, really what matters is when push comes to shove and they need to be there, that's when you want them to be there. Uh, I'm not going to lose my mind over the voluntary, but I understand exactly where you're coming from. Don't want to hear no excuses about, well, we didn't get time at the facility to work out together. You can't use that at all. So good stuff right there, man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, I got one more text that I'll get to, and we'll wrap up the show for today. This is a text from Raider Fan Ed. He says, hey, Q, I was excited about your interview with King, and as the interview carried on, I started to see maybe why he's not playing in the league. He hasn't come to the terms that his antics and immaturity were a factor in liability to any team that signs him. Let's not forget that he came back and clowned the Raiders after after he got signed by the Broncos. I was on his side until that point. He said it best. Some people can't handle a little humor. Well, it seems like some people can't handle the limelight either. No team needs that attention from a punter. Thank you for your work. That's from Raider Fan Ed. And yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. You know, and and I, again, it's something I was talking about in great length in segment two. Definitely was uh, immature. Uh, it's not for him to explain to me that he's not an immature dude anymore. It's for him to explain to a team that he's not, you know, immature anymore. Uh, and yeah, some people couldn't handle some humor. And I guess a lot of people don't want that to be, you know, be had from a punter. I I, I get it. I totally get it. I, I still think that there's a place for him in the league. But if the league decides that there's not, then so be it. You know, then it's a lesson learned. And maybe he can, you know, like I said, pass that knowledge on to someone else. But um, I just I don't think it was that egregious. I don't think what he did was that egregious. And and again, him coming back and clowning the Raiders after he gets signed by the Broncos. I think every one of us, if telling the truth, has talked bad about our former employer once we're on to somewhere else that we think is greener grass. I just I just think so. Hopefully uh, everything shakes out. And if it's supposed to be that he gets back in the league, he gets back. If not, well, then, like I said, lesson learned. So thank you so much for that text, my man. Appreciate you. Thank you for all the calls and feedback on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Also, Mel Kuyper Jr. He did a, another teleconference leading into the NFL draft. He did it last week on Thursday. I got the breakdowns of it, and I'll bring it to the show tomorrow uh, talking anything that kind of pertains to the Raiders or could potentially pertain to the Raiders. That'll come up on tomorrow's show as well. And, of course, news and notes of the day. So until then, Raider Nation, be safe out there. Do what you got to do. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.